Amazing Grace Kona welcomes you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. In this letter, what we have here of Galatians, along with Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, those are called his prison epistles. He wrote these from jail to the churches where he had already gone and preached the gospel. And now he's writing to the church at Galatia and he's he's got something to tell them because word has come to him that somebody has snuck into the church over there and is causing trouble for all the the, the believers. They're, they're making up all these weird rules and adding things. And he is he, he's going to talk to them real real sternly about us. And he, in chapter three, he's going to say, who has, who has bewitched you? Who cast a spell on you and made you believe these, you know, falsehoods? And so we'll get into the falsehoods as we go uh, uncover this letter. But let's look at verse one and begin this, this wonderful epistle. Galatians chapter one, verse one says, Paul, an apostle, not sent from men nor through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ, and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us out of this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forevermore. Amen. So Paul starts off with a, a, a very common greeting. It's a grace, grace which is cherish in the, in the scripture, and, uh, and peace in Hebrew will be shalom. They're the two, if you're greeting someone in the Greek culture, you say cherish, which is grace to you, and they answer cherish back, that's grace back to you. Grace be with you, and, and then they say and also with you. Or if you're Jewish, you would say shalom, that's the Hebrew way of saying peace. When you greet someone, we say aloha when we meet someone in Hawaii and they respond aloha, which is, it's the equivalent of love. Love to you, love back. Well, the, the, he greets with what's referred to in the seminary, they call these the Siamese twins of the New Testament, grace and peace. Now, is that a nice way to be greeted? Someone says to you, grace and peace. BD, how, do you, how, how does that make you feel inside? You know, and they just, they, they come up and to greet you. Oh, grace and peace be to you. You just think, oh, that's nice. That's a, that's a nice greet. When I came to Hawaii and they said, aloha. You know, what's, what's aloha? And they said, that's love. So, oh, this is a good place. I mean, you know, they, and they, they're, they're kind of, they don't know it, but they're, they're akin to Italians because when you greet them, they hug you and they kiss you just the same as when I grew up. You know, you come in, you say hello. And uh, we, we say ciao, which is Italian for, you know, our greeting. It means uh, salutations. And so you come in ciao, and then you get kiss and hugs and kisses. And you go down the line, you, you greet your, your, your Nona and your aunt, your Sia, and all the relatives. And they all hug and kiss you. And then when it's time to leave, a couple hours later, they make the same line again. And you go backwards through the line. And always the, always the grandparents get the head of the line. They get the the most prominent place, the elders. So they're the first one, you know, what you get when you come in, and they're the last one when you go out. Well, these guys, Paul's writing to them, and he's greeting them. Grace and peace be to you. From who? 
where's the grace come from? He says right here. He says, grace and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a nice greeting. You know, what a way to start. But then he hits verse 6. And he writes to him, he says, I'm amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. This is Galatians 1, 7. He says, which is really not another gospel, only there are some who are disturbing you. They want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even though we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we have preached to you, he says, let him be accursed. And we have said before, and so I, I say now again, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to that which you received, let him be accursed. For I am now, he says, am I seeking the favor of men or of God? He said, or am I striving to please men? He said, if I were still trying to please men, he said, I wouldn't be a bondservant of Christ. What, an, what a true statement. He says, am I trying to please men when I tell you this? No way. He says, if I was, I was just trying to be a man pleaser. He said, I wouldn't even serve Christ because this job does not always. When, when you're serving the Lord and you tell someone, hey, buddy, you know, you're walking in sin. You need to stop that. They don't always like you. You know, they may like, oh, yeah, that pastor told me to straighten up or that brother came over to me and said, I need to stop doing my sin. And that's my favorite. That's my pet sin. What a mean guy. He doesn't want me to have any fun. It's not we don't want him to have fun. What is the wages of sin? Death. If you walk in sin, Bible, well, this is the book that we looked at a couple weeks back in Galatians 6, where we're going to come to later in this book. He says, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever you sow, that's what you reap. So he says, don't think that, you know, don't let it deceive you that it's going to be okay. But he says, I'm amazed. Now, how would you like have Paul the Apostle write to you say, I'm amazed you are doing really well. And now you so quickly have deserted the faith that was delivered to you. Galatians chapter 1 verse 11. For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For he says, I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it by man. But I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. He says, for you've heard of my former manner of life in Judaism, how I used to persecute the church of God beyond measure. I tried to destroy it, he says. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond my contemporaries and my countrymen, being more extremely zealous for my ancestral traditions. But when he, that is Jesus, who set me apart, even from my mother's womb, and called me through his grace, and was pleased to, I'm sorry, that's God who set him apart, was pleased to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles. And I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those that were apostles before me. But I went away, to Arabia, and I returned once more to Damascus. Then three years later, I went back up to Jerusalem. I became acquainted with Cephas. That's another one of Peter's names, by the way. And he says, and I stayed with him 15 days. I did not see any other of the apostles except James and the Lord's brother. Now, in what I'm writing to you, he says, I assure you before God that I am not lying. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, 
and I was still unknown by sight to the churches of Judea which were in Christ. But only they kept hearing, He who once persecuted us is now preaching the faith which he once tried to destroy. And now they are glorifying God because of me. He says, guys, I just want you to know. Now, is there a place when you're sharing the faith with someone to share what God has done in your life? Your testimony? Does that have any part of our witness? Yeah. In fact, Paul opens this letter basically with giving his testimony in a very encapsulated, shortened version. I mean, this is the Reader's Digest version. He says, you know, I used to be the guy killing the Christians. He didn't go into the whole, my name was Saul and now I'm Paul because the Lord meaning. He just says, I was out, I was more extremely zealous than all my contemporaries and all my countrymen. I was leading the charge. I was going to destroy this Christianity. Now, some people say to me, don't you worry about those guys that are real zealous that want to kill the Christians and kill the whole Christian movement? And I say, no, they make the best preachers. They just need a little redirection. You know, right now they're, 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 they're zealous, but for the wrong team. But does, that, does God go, I can't take care of that? Or does God go, watch this, little, you know, little smack there. And we saw in the book of Acts, the Lord just showed up to him. On the road to, to Damascus, and it says, and, and shone brighter than the sun at high noon, and said, Hey, why are you persecuting me? That's all Jesus had to say to him. Saul, Saul, why dost thou persecuteth me? And Saul says, Quick comeback. He says, Who art thou, Lord, that I might serve thee? He said, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. That's who you're persecuting. And he, he says, um, Oh, and from that point on, the Lord gave him that, that I call it intensive seminary, three days of Jesus explaining things to him, of changing his name and saying, you have a new identity, young man. No longer Saul, desirable, handsome one, but Paul, little one, and you're going to suffer. And here he is locked in jail, suffering for the Lord and writing to this church saying, grace and peace be to you guys. And, and then a word of encouragement. Why are you, why are you abandoning the, the grace that God gave us through Christ? What happened? I heard you. You accepted that grace very freely at first. I was there. But now something has changed. Well, we go on to chapter 2, verse 1, and we find out that after an interval of 14 years, he says he went up to Jerusalem along with Barnabas, and he took Titus along. It was a young man traveling companion to them. And he says, and it was because of a revelation that I went up and I submitted to them the gospel, which I preach amongst the Gentiles. Now I did so in private to those that were of reputation. He says, for fear that I might be running in or had run in vain. But not even Titus, who was with me, though he was a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. But it was because of the false brethren who sneaked in to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, in order to bring us into bondage. But we did not yield in subjection to them for even an hour, so that the truth of the gospel might remain with you. For He says, but from those who were of high reputation, he says, what they were makes no difference to me, but God knows, 
for God shows no partiality. Well, those who were of reputation contributed, he says, nothing to me. But on the contrary, seeing that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter was with the gospel to the circumcised, he says, well, for he who effectually worked for Peter in his apostleship to the circumcised effectually worked for me also to the Gentiles. And recognizing the grace that had been given to me, James and Cephas and John, that would be James, Peter, and John, he says, who are reputed to be pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship so we might go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. He says, the only thing they asked us was to remember the poor, which says, which that's the very thing what I was eager to do. Now, by the way, is Paul a, a Jew or a Gentile? He's a Jew. And he says, I went back and I shared the revelation what God gave me that he showed me to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. Now, he says, and God gave Peter the job of bringing the gospel to the Jews. But you guys, Peter knew that God desired to reach the Gentiles too. Because in the book of Acts, he went to the house of another man named Simon. That's also Peter's. Peter has a lot of aliases, you know, Cephas, Simon, Simon Peter. But he went to the house of Simon the Tanner. Well, he was up on the roof, it says, and he was, it was about high noon. He was waiting for lunch, you know, the, the, it says they were preparing the meal. Now, if you're up on the roof and they're downstairs cooking, and, you, and it says he was praying, but he was getting a little bit hungry. He says he fell into a trance. And I can just see him, you know, low blood sugar. You ever felt like that, low blood sugar? And you smell food cooking and you're like, oh. And he's just sitting there praying and he's waiting for the food to get ready. And he has a vision. Remember that vision? The Lord brought a, a great sheep from heaven and he lowered it. Put it right in front of him. It had all these animals, but they were they were not clean animals. They were in the Jewish culture, like pig is unclean and snakes. and All the unclean animals were in the sheep. And he says, arise, Peter, kill and eat. He says, no, Lord, I've never eaten anything unclean. I'm a good Jew. You know, I don't do, I, I keep the rules here. If the Lord says, arise and kill and eat, who do you listen to? You know, he could have had his first bacon or pork chops or something, but no, he won't do it. Nope, not, no, Lord. And it says the sheep came again. Second time, arise, Peter. Nope, nope, not going to do it. Third time, nope, no, the sheep was taken up into heaven. It says, while he was thinking, what is that all about? Some men came to the door and they knocked. They said, we were sent by our, our boss, Cornelius, had a vision that there's this man named Simon and we're supposed to come get him and he's going to come and explain the way of salvation to us. So would, could we talk to him? Well, while Peter's up there on the roof, he's saying, Lord, what does this all mean? And the Lord spoke to him. What I call clean, don't you call unclean. I don't know if you know this, but the Jews didn't hang out with the Gentiles. If they were coming down the road and a Gentile was approaching, they would pull their robe tight to their body so that not even their robe would, by chance, brush against a Gentile. But Peter's on the roof praying. And there's some men come to the gate. The Lord says, you go 
and they're and 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 you're to go with them without misgiving. Well, Peter, okay, Lord, he gets down off the roof and they explain our boss Cornelius. He's Italian by the way, this is my favorite. He's an Italian guy. He's an Italian soldier, a centurion. And uh he he says the my boss um said he had a vision, he was praying. And God sent an angel, and the angel said to call for you, and you would come and explain the way of salvation to us. So thank you for coming with us. Let's go. And they take Peter with them. They get back to Cornelius' house. Cornelius has called for all of his family and friends. All, they're all Gentiles, no, no Jews. Called all the Gentiles together. And as soon as Peter comes in, Cornelius just falls down to worship him. He says, no, don't worship me. I'm just a man. You worship God. That's a good job for Peter. And then he says, okay, we're ready to hear what you got to say. Whatever God tells you to tell us, go ahead, we're ready. And Peter, it says, he opens his mouth. He says, I most certainly understand now that God is no respecters of persons. That every man from whatever nation he comes from, as long as he fears God, is welcome to God. And he began to preach to them about Jesus and he preached to them about Jesus. And I don't know if you guys know this story of Acts chapter 10. He, he's preaching to them about what Jesus did. And, and they're, they're, all, they're not Jews. This is like, this is exciting for them. They're hearing all these things. And as he's preaching, it's really interesting. It says that while in verse 44 of Acts 10, while he was still speaking, it says the Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost came upon them. But they're Gentiles. Can you imagine that? Not even Jewish. They're like, oh. Well, P Peter says, wait a minute. They, and the gift of the Spirit was poured out upon them. And they heard them speaking in tongues and, 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 and exalting God. And Peter, Peter says, he answered, well, we can't refuse them water to be baptized. If, if God gave them the Spirit, then who are we to say they can't be in the club? Better baptize them. So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then he stayed for a few more days with them. And continued teaching. Now Peter, Peter, though Paul writes in the book of Galatians that he says, look, Peter had the, the apostleship to the Jews and I had the apostleship to the Gentiles. Peter did have a stint of, of sharing the gospel with the Gentiles. But something vexing has happened at Galatia. There was a, he said there were some guys snuck in to the church and they brought this, this bad teaching that, that was really taking away all the joy of these new Christians. They, you know, they're making new rules. They're saying, oh, so you believe in Jesus? Well, we got some extra stuff for you to do. Paul, he writes, he says, listen, when I, when I came, he says in verse 11, but when Peter Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For prior to the coming of certain men from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. Remember, God had told Peter, what I call clean, don't you call unclean, he says. So he began to eat with the Gentiles and talk to them about the Lord. But as soon as some guys from James' group came in, these Jewish guys said, well, you can't eat with the, with the Gentiles. 
Peter, it says, began to pull back. And Paul says, I opposed him to his face. I said, you're doing wrong. You know, what you're doing is not right. And, and, and it says here that he became aloof, fearing the party of the circumcision. Peter was afraid of the Jews. Now the rest of the Jews joined with him in hypocrisy, with the result that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. Barnabas was Paul's traveling companion. He was Jewish, yes, but he even got sucked into their Jewish rules. Paul is going to teach something here so important for our faith. Just because someone makes up some rules that you know Jesus loves us, right? And he died for us. And you don't have to make any extra fancy rules because it says when he died on the cross, he paid for it all. He said, is finished. That's what grace is. Well, Paul says, when I saw that these guys were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in the presence of all, if you, being a Jew, live like the Gentiles and not like the Jews, how is it that you compel the Gentiles to live like the Jews? He says, we are Jews by nature, not sinners from amongst the Gentiles, but nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus, even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we may be justified, he says, by faith in Christ, not by works of the law, since by no works of the law shall, shall no flesh be justified. But if while we are seeking to be justified in Christ, we ourselves have also been found sinners, well, is Christ then a minister of sin? May it never be. For if I rebuild what I once destroyed, I, I prove myself to be a transgressor. And for through the law, he says, I died to the law, that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ, that it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live by the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and delivered himself up for me. Amazing Grace Kona thanks you for listening to today's lesson. If your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information about Amazing Grace Kona, go to our website, AmazingGraceKona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona. From the west coast to the shores of Peru All around Cape Town and in the Puget Sound From the Caymans out to Honolulu The living rhythm is reaching out to you Fleetwood surfing out in Wyoming Bay It rises with the swell and makes you wanna yell You feel it sailing off the full Monterey The living rhythm is a moving
the sea. 